Two pacifists and a 19th century descendant of Byron against the Nazis in Paris and an alien invasion across multiple dimensions. That's a big to-do list. So happy new year, Adam. Happy new year, Aaron. Happy New Year. We are officially in 2020, in the, the roaring 20s. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've arrived. 2019 kind of flew past, if I'm telling the truth. Well, yeah, it did. And, like, Doctor Who went away for an entire year, so it was, like, this big gap in our Doctor Who fandom. <laughs> a massive, massive gap. Um, yeah, There's I can't believe it's been happened. so long since we had an episode. Yeah, not a lot happened because I was thinking, okay, we're probably going to have the opportunity to jump on the microphones every once in a while if some news breaks. And really, they weren't they weren't, they weren't even really hitting us with any news. Like there wasn't a lot of big like casting announcements or titles for the season. None of that stuff was really dropping on us. No, and it for all the time that we spent through all the years talking about how um, Doctor Re- Doctor Who really lacks, or BBC really lacks, the ability to surprise us at this point, and they like to spoil their own stuff. Um, they really took us right up until what was it, like three weeks before the episode aired, um, to let us know that it was even going to be on, maybe a month. Um, yeah, those teasers. Yeah. They were dropping those teasers, like Space for All or whatever kind of hinting at the doctor coming back but they weren't really giving us dates and there was all the speculation is like oh is there going to be a christmas special is there going to be another new year special and it ended up just being the beginning of the season yeah i mean typically and you're absolutely right typically we would have the titles and we would go through the titles and we'd give our thoughts on like what the titles could mean and um where the episode where the season was going to take us i mean looking at the episode title list right now we have the two episodes that we've watched. We have the next episode and then everything else is just TBA to be announced um, for the rest of the series. And I think there's 10 episodes, Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But it's back now, which means we're back now. And it, they gave us two episodes right in the first week of the year. You know, they, they said, I think I, I saw a fact. This is the closest in proximity, any Doctor Who episodes have ever been in the history of Doctor Who. <laughs> I guess it makes sense, right? We got it New Year's New Year's Day, and then the following Sunday, um, which was like the fourth, was it, or the fifth? Uh, yeah, it would the be fifth. the it would yeah. be the fifth. Yeah, yeah, so it was only four days apart, the first Dang. and the fifth. So yeah, they I did see a fact. I don't know how accurate the fact was, but somebody had posted it somewhere that that was the closest that two Doctor Who episodes have ever aired. So um, two episodes are in the book, and if we're looking at ten, we have eight episodes left. A quarter of our season, or of our which, series, is already done. Which seems to happen, yeah, with Doctor Who now. I mean, kind of like that's what they did to us with the Mandalorian, right? No, yeah. yep. That's me slipping in my doc, my my Star Wars reference. Oh, I'll take it. Early. I'm I'm riding a Star Wars high right now, so feel free to. Oh, good. Ship we should talk away. about that after. <laughs> but yeah, so we got the first two episodes. Spyfall and part one and part two. So they didn't, they didn't give us two separate titles, which apparently was also a first. Oh no, not a first, uh, end of time. Was it end of time? Is that the one with David Tennant that was one and two? Yeah. And I think this is only the second time they've ever done titles like that. I, apparently I was reading Dr. Who facts earlier. 
<laughs> you got your study on. I did. Yeah, I I, I tried to prep. Uh, nice, for this nice. episode. I did I did think it was interesting with the uh, the episode title that uh Jody Whitaker's Whitaker's first episode was The Woman Who Fell to Earth and then second series four starts out with Spyfall. Um both having to do with falling. Um I don't know. I just found that funny. Probably means absolutely nothing, but I liked it. Yeah. It's a very uh James Bond title. Absolutely. Yeah. And with MI6 being a huge player throughout the vast majority of the episode, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, they got the the names of the agents, uh, C and O. You know, kind of like a that's kind of a James Bond thing. Yep. Um, although it's also a Men in Black thing. Yeah, but Men in Black stole it from Men in Black stole it. Bond. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but Chris Chibnall wrote both episodes. So he, he's starting us out. Makes sense. And yeah, so I, let's just jump right into this. I don't, we don't really have any other news to talk about. So I think we should just jump right into the, uh, the review here. We got, it starts out where they're kind of jumping around the globe, I guess you could say, uh, to at least a few different locations, showing us all these agents being taken out by weird light aliens that can kind of go through walls. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting intro because we have the um, the individual on the plane in the bathroom, um, the the guy running in Russia. I feel like there was one more, but it's slipping my mind. The very first one. There was a sniper in the ah, Ivory Coast. Right. Okay. Yep. That was the one that I that I missed. The the sniper in the uh, in the weeds with the the jeeper vehicle coming. Yeah. It it all came out of. It started really fast. It really did start fast. And um, there was a little bit of a jump from me when the individual in the airplane, the air, the airplane bathroom um, got taken. But yeah, interesting start to the episode. Yeah, we get and then it jumps right to like Ryan playing basketball uh, with his, I guess his old pals and his one friend said something about, oh, we missed you. So they're indicating that Ryan's been, you know, kind of. MIA hanging out with the doctor. Uh but I thought it was funny like what he was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I mean I've I've played pickup basketball. He's wearing just like regular slacks and like a button-up shirt and a nice jacket. And I was thinking, "Oh, maybe that's just like the uniform he has to wear to work." But and then that's... all of his friends were wearing normal athletic clothes. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it was some sort of like lunch break or something, but yeah. you're absolutely right. No one else was dressed for that. And then the comment about how he never used to be able to uh, be out on the court with all of them. And it's like, well, maybe if he had proper gear, it might work out a little <laughs> bit better for him. But uh, Well, I was, I thought I was thinking, well, it's probably because he gets kidnapped at that point. Like they, the, the agents come right to the basketball court and kidnap him. Yeah. So he's got to be wearing that the rest of the episode, whatever he had <laughs> on. So if they had him in like, you know, Michael Jordan's and, you know, sweatpants and a tank top, that might've been odd. For him, kind of like because he had to infiltrate uh, the place in San Francisco. I mean, I guess they changed clothes on the TARDIS, but I just thought that actually might have been kind of funny if he was like stuck in athletic clothes the whole episode. <laughs> Run around in joggers or a pair of gym shorts the entire time. Exactly. It was it, – I, I appreciated because they went from um, Ryan to Yaz to Graham. I, I did appreciate kind of like a zooming back in – 
on their lives. And I think for Ryan and Graham, it's a little, it has been a little bit less of a question in my mind in regards to like, what about their personal lives? Because, um, you had grace and, and kind of that dynamic there. And it didn't seem like either of them really had much else going on, but yes, I mean, as a probation officer or as a, a officer in training, um, she had a little bit more structure in place. And so to hear her kind of explain away to her family, like where she, she has been going, what's been going on. It was interesting to watch them kind of, try to spin those stories. Yeah, we definitely got a little bit more time with Yaz's family, uh, with her dad and her mom and her sister. And her dad was like using an Alexa or a, I guess an Amazon <laughs> Echo or whatever, which I think is funny because they do these like fake companies. So you have, they mention, you know, they mention Alexa, they mentioned Facebook at one point Yeah. in this episode. But then you have this fake entity company uh, that this guy is the head of that's basically like the Google of this world, apparently. Yeah. Um, which I'm blanking on what the name of that company was. Vor, which is Vor. an interesting name because it just like, I don't know, it it kind of conjures the idea of like carnivore. It's eating everything else around uh, it. I didn't think about that. Um, it sounds like a like a, a Sith name, like Darth Vor. <laughs> nice. The um, <laughs> Count it, that's two. That's, um, that's two. The tally marks are going up. But then what was the other one that was kind of the stand-in for Amazon, Kerblam? Yes, we had Kerblam last season. Yeah, so they, we've had our Amazon stand-in, now we've got our Google stand-in. Uh, but they're they're still talking about Alexa and Facebook. Yeah. So yeah. it's this weird world where like there's you know every company we know, but then there's these other giant companies as well. Um, they, what they, was the other thing that happened with her family? Like her sister was asking about getting Ryan's phone number. Yeah, which I, that totally did not connect with me the first time I watched that. Like, for some reason, I was – I thought her sister was asking Yaz about someone Yaz was interested in, not not that she was asking for Ryan's number. And then it finally dawned on me that it was like, oh, that's what's going on there. Which I thought we had talked about in the last season – where there was a couple little things where like Yaz and Ryan had a couple moments where we're thinking, oh, I wonder if they're trying to introduce potential for them to. Um, but then this, it seems like going into this season, they've set that aside and even maybe purposely introducing this alternate, like where he's not even interested in Yaz. He's kind of interested in her sister though, where it's almost like maybe if they were a little worried, fans might be thinking that. So they're like, no, let's make sure people are, you know, understanding that that's not what we're trying to do yeah and even ryan himself tosses out that comment that like he would make a great brother-in-law or something along those lines right. like he's they, they they've definitely made it a little bit more clear in regards to how yaz and ryan view their own relationship yeah uh we see graham at the doctors and they mention that he's uh four years since his uh, what did they say? I think they just procedure. said procedure. Yeah, yeah, four years since your procedure. Which, I'm going to admit something. I forgot why he had a procedure. <laughs> I had to look it up, and then I was like, oh yeah, they, they had revealed last season that he had uh, he's in recovery from cancer. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'd forgotten about that. So it made more sense. That's, I mean, that's his whole story with Grace, right? Yeah, I forget things. <laughs> Especially when they go away for a year. 
I was gonna say there's there's been a lot between that reveal and now. Yeah, yeah. I binged a few shows. You know, my mind was elsewhere. I think the only Doctor Who ish thing I really did in the break was, um, you know, Chris Eccleston went to New York Comic Con. Yes, and he kind of had a big panel, and I watched the panel, and you know, he kind of it was like the first time he had really done that kind of thing before. Yeah, he's starting to do the panels, or he's starting to do the convention circuit. And it was interesting to see, I know this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but it was kind of interesting to see him really embrace the Doctor Who fan stuff and like yeah. really being friendly with the fans and answering all the questions and being really open about his time. It didn't seem like that kind of bitter chip on his shoulder stuff we hear. Yeah. So I don't know if he's coming around. It's kind of like thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe someday. You never know. Like if they... Give it another five years, maybe he'll come back and do something. Yeah, I I watched the same uh the same panel because they they streamed that one, um which yeah. I I loved. He definitely it, it was a great panel. He was fun to listen to, and I totally agree. It did seem like he had warmed up a little bit, and honestly, in my mind, it just raised that question in regards to like, is all the stuff that we've heard or read or that's been reported. Is all of that legit or is there there really another side to what happened and maybe he hasn't been as cold to everything as as it always seemed. And he even confirmed kind of some of the things that we had heard about the original plan was for him to come back with yeah. Smith and Tennant and kind of how he you know, he was pretty close to doing it, but he kinda ultimately passed on it. But it was right there, you know, it was really almost happened. And then he was saying, well, he thinks it turned out better without him, but I think he's being modest. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man, we could talk about that panel for, for a long time. <laughs> we we probably should have done an episode about that because then there's all the stuff that he had to say about Marvel, but that's... Oh, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so let's back to Doctor Who. So we got to see the Doctor working on the TARDIS in, like, a car garage. Yes. Which I thought was kind of funny. I, I I was I was trying to figure out like what was she pulling out from underneath it? And I mean she said that she had to drain the the well what was she draining? The the pools or the rainforest? I think or? it was a couple different things. It was like a lake and the and uh the pool. She was cuz you do see one of the one of the things that's coming out of the bottom is like draining water. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I think she was doing that. But then there was all kinds of other cords and cables and I guess I never imagined that the TARDIS had that kind of access on the bottom where it's like, oh, let me just pull this panel off like a car would have like an undercarriage and start just kind of fixing things. It's it's funny visually, but it doesn't make a lot of sense um, for like a spaceship to have <laughs> that type of thing, especially the type of spaceship it is. Right. And I was, I'm, my biggest question was like, once you pull out all that stuff, like, is it no longer bigger on the inside or like does all that stuff just fit into that what is it four by four square like what where does all of that fit and is there more up in there than what could actually fill that car garage well it's like right yeah probably because it's kind of like the front door of the tardis right it's a small portal to a much larger thing so maybe that's the same as the access hatch on the bottom is the same (laughs) you know you pop that thing open and what she's seeing up in there is you know immense yeah, I, it, it makes sense. What she was draining, I just looked it up. Water slides, boating lakes, the rainforest, plus I'm waiting for my mates. <laughs> so there a, was she's quite got a, a rainforest in there. I mean, that might be news. <laughs> I don't know if I knew that. 
Yeah, that's that's a new one for me. They did mention Uber. Yes. Uh, like we're talking about big companies that they mentioned. So the Graham says, worst Uber ever. <laughs> that's one thing about this episode that um, stuck out to me is it seemed very much chock full with one-liners constantly. And it seemed mm. like Graham was the deliverer of all those one-liners, which I know previous series, he, he delivered a lot of one-liners as well, but it also seemed like he was set up for a lot of like deeper conversations. And it seems like at least within these first two episodes, eh, maybe, maybe more the first part of this two-parter, um, he was much more just comic relief one-lining the entire time. Yeah, it did. I think it was a little much for Graham. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's just the first couple episodes, so I'm sure we'll get more Graham moments and a little bit more of the serious side of Graham. But yeah, this, this, this first two episodes, he was purely there for comic relief. Yeah, there, there is, there is one delivery in the second part of the the two episodes where, as they're sitting together in the house, and I'm sure we'll get there. But he he talks about like everything's gonna be okay. The doctor will come back. We'll continue doing what what the doctor would do. Um, and then he calls them donuts, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know that was actually something that you'd call people. But um, yeah, it, it I so I'm hoping that we get to see more of that serious side of Graham that we saw towards the middle to end of last series. But you're right, first two episodes, um, more one off comic relief. It'll move forward. Yeah. So they get kidnapped by these, what we end up finding out are the MI6 agents. And they're taking them to MI6, but in the, in transit, you know, something goes wrong. The, um, one of the agents gets taken out by some laser blast that comes out of a GPS. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. Um, yep. Which in retrospect, like coming back to the episode and rewatching it, I was thinking, okay, that must've just been something that got rigged. Um, you know, by the master, I guess. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Yeah, I think everybody knows we talk spoilers on this show, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're good. Well, that's a that's the other thing because I mean, if I didn't spoil it, Doctor Who uh, official account would have spoiled it. Right. We don't you. know the episodes for the next eight titles, but or the next uh, we don't know the titles for the next eight episodes, but we knew that it was the master before the episode showed. Yeah, I and uh, we'll get that out of the way because I want to just moan about that a, a little bit because I hate spoilers like absolutely hate when when things get spoiled and usually it's fans that spoil things more and more you're starting to see like official accounts try to get ahead of it I think yeah um you know I I won't say specifics for people that haven't watched Mandalorian but even the Mandalorian the main Star Wars accounts were kind of spoiling some of the big reveals because everyone was talking about it already. And it was almost like they just wanted to get into it, you know, right. They right. wanted to be a part of it. Um, but this I felt was kind of ridiculous because I did miss watching it on new year's night. I, you know, there was other things going on. I was like, you know, understandable. What, I'm just, yeah. And I was like, I'll just watch it tomorrow, you know, and literally the next morning after the episode aired, um, the official account had already posted out that the master had made a surprise appearance. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I was so angry. Like, I I scanned away real quick because I was like, maybe I just saw something wrong. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend I didn't see that. And then it wasn't even like, you know, later on in the day, another another message came on my 
because uh, I get alerts from YouTube. Okay. When any yeah. any channel I subscribe to pops up in the corner of my MacBook, and a little pop up comes up, you know everything you need to know about the master and his appearance, and then I'm like, whoa, 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 like. Oh, I got spoiled on Facebook. I got spoiled on YouTube, and these are from the official accounts, not from fans. Yeah, that no, is it... that is out of bounds. Like, come on, next day, maybe a week yeah. later. Yeah, it, and you're not the only one because I I did see a brief glimpse that I thought said the master, but similar to what you just described, I tried to go right past it and not think about that too much. So I was a little bit spoiled going into the episode, but. The next day, as I was reading through just some comment sections about people who had watched the episode, I was blown away at the amount of people who were like uh, U.S. fans who who didn't get to watch it the day of or didn't get to see it at the same time that the U.K. got to see the episode and so on and so forth, who were like, hey, we just stopped following the Doctor Who social media Um just for that reason, specifically, because they were just sick and tired of getting spoiled about things that might have already been shown in the UK, but hadn't been shown in the US yet, or or uh, however that pay- plays out. I'm I'm in the similar place now. Like I want the news, but I don't want to be spoiled anymore. I I don't want I want to have that surprise and being able to experience the master firsthand. That would have been incredible. Um, because it, it was kept already it amazing. under wraps so well. Yeah. That like it had you would think something like that because even when Missy came back, that wasn't a surprise. Like we knew that was coming. Oh, absolutely. They had already pre-announced it. You know, anytime the doctor dies, they pre-announce it. Anytime there's a new companion, they they always like they give us all this information and we complain about it because we're like, "Oh, it would be so cool if they could actually keep something under wraps and then we could be surprised in the moment." And then the one time <laughs> but they actually did a great job of keeping it under wraps. They didn't wait but like 12 hours to spoil it for anyone that didn't see it the night before. And I get it if it's like an international thing. Like if you, you know, if let's say the episode aired like three months early or a month early in England yeah, before it aired in the U.S. Sure, you're not going to be able to sit on that that long. You, right. It's going to get spoiled. So they might as well get in the game. But if it's the next day, come on. Because it didn't air, but a few, you know, hours earlier in in England, right? Yeah, no, I I think it was it was one one p.m. Eastern time when it showed in the UK, and then it was like seven or eight o'clock Eastern time when it showed in the US. So you yeah. literally only had to wait seven hours. Um, but they had they had already spoiled it. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a, kind of annoying because then as I'm watching the episode, the whole time, as soon as um, O gets announced or gets re- shown in the episode, you're like, okay, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it would have been a really cool reveal because I thought they did a good job even with him throughout the episode. Oh, absolutely. You know, he never really tipped his hand. He had a couple moments on a rewatch where you can kind of see the crazy in his eyes. Yeah, the where- crazy in his eyes and. and- kind of just uh man should we should we just fast forward i'm not sure but he makes a couple comments he makes a couple comments when they are in australia to graham specifically about the like i've known the doctor for a long time i have the stuff on the shelf over there those are all the the things that i had i have about the doctor like at that moment and yes i'm thinking about it hindsight 2020 i was spoiled a little bit so i kind of knew who that was but it's like those are the those are those nuggets that like 
slowly start to get you excited as more of that crazy and more of that weird mannerisms that he was the the strange vibes that he was uh throwing off at that point in time but it it was it was a solid reveal yeah definitely and i i really liked him um just being in the show at all the actor that they they chose to play the role i liked him and then i really liked him as the master as well so I don't know if it's going to be... I mean, you don't introduce the Master to only have him show up once. So I'm sure that he'll be recurring to an extent. So I you know, I think they I think they did a good job casting that role. Yeah, I I really enjoyed... He, he had a... Missy always had like this, this like um, pent up craziness for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it the actor who's playing the master now has his own approach to craziness. And he is, he is frightening at times the way that he described his feeling of like feeling things in both his hearts. And he has the, the pent up energy. That's just, it just looks like it's fighting to get out of him. He, he does a really, really good job. Um, with the master. I'm, I am curious though on your thoughts because I've seen, I've seen people theorize that this version of the doctor is a doctor that comes after Sims doctor and before um, Gomez or after Sims master, this version of the master comes after Sims master and before Gomez's master. Interesting. And they say that they see evidence of that, but I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't thinking that hard about it. Like when you know which 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 master is this? Um, I mean, I guess being a time lord, it makes sense because they've never really numbered the master, right? Kind of like the doctor, we know the order because you know it's kind of a, we're in the know, we know the numbering system. Um, but yeah, the master, it's kind of just been the master. So I mean, they could be completely out of order, you know? Right. Every, every time he runs in, or every time the doctor runs into the master. You know, you just don't know when that master kind of fell in, when the regeneration happened. And I kind of thought about that too, because when Missy, when Missy died, it did almost feel final. Right. Her, her regeneration was interrupted, right? Like she, Sim stopped her from regenerating. Yeah. So it, it would make sense that maybe this is a earlier regeneration and not a post Missy. Hmm. Cool. I didn't think about that until now. It was it was someone said that that basically just explained his craziness is that he is like a post Sims crazy and like a pre Missy <laughs> crazy. So I'm trying to remember now because when Sims came back and then did they didn't they show him start to regenerate or like oh, they were snap. implying that he was regenerating as well because didn't him and Missy basically kill each other? Yeah, remembering this wrong. It's too long. Like this, <laughs> I need to rewatch that. Oh, that was a long time ago, right? Yeah, that was like two years ago. All the true Doctor Who fans that are listening to this are like yelling at us right now. Like, <laughs> no, this is how it happened, you idiots. But uh, hey, it's a good good fodder for the Facebook group. Yeah, bring yeah. It on. Bring it on. Yeah, that we we do have a couple of those listeners that'll definitely correct us on on Facebook. So, and we uh, appreciate that they're typing right now. <laughs> so yeah but yeah that that's a cool idea i did like the, the the kind of that craziness that would pop out like really suddenly 
Yeah. Where he'd be kind of cool, calm, and collected, and all of a sudden he'd like shout out something or yell like, no. You know, I really yeah. liked uh, Sasha Dewan is the, yeah. the actor's name. And he actually had some Doctor Who connection in that he played a role in um, uh, what was the the TV movie that they did that was... An Adventure in Space and yeah, Time? Yeah, Adventure in Space and Time where it was like the real, you know, kind of story of, of Doctor Who. Yeah, I didn't know that until, uh, I again, it was uh, Doctor Who's uh, Twitter handle, I believe, that, that gave that information to me as well, um, that he was the director uh, at that point in time. So... Um, yeah, so I th- I recognized him when I saw him. He had he definitely had a recognizable face. I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? And apparently he's you know he's been in some other things too, but that was the thing I think I remembered him from. I was like, okay, that makes sense. He was in Adventure in Space and Time. Which, okay, did you watch that movie? Uh, I didn't. Okay, no. yeah, I'd recommend it. It I mean it uses the same Doctor who plays the same actor who plays the first Doctor. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was, you know, or the new first doctor, not the original, obviously, but I like that connection too. Yeah. I I knew him from Iron Fist. I always thought he was, I always liked him in Iron Fist, which. Oh, that's right. I saw on his IMDb that he, he had a pretty prominent role in Iron Fist, although I never watched Iron Fist. Yeah. You you didn't miss much. (laughs) That's what I hear. We we also uh, in this episode, so they're they're kidnapped. The driver is killed in the car by the uh, GPS. They end up finding it's MI6. They go and Stephen Fry shows up. Yeah, Stephen Fry, who's a uh, that's one of those actors that you're like surprised he hasn't already been in Doctor Who. <laughs> I know, right? And I think he's I, even one of those actors that pops up when like they talk about people that could potentially play the Doctor. You know? So, yeah. But I've I've never liked that thought, but. I, do, I wouldn't like him as a doctor either, but um, I do like him as an actor, and it was kind of cool to see him pop up and in, in a very small role, though. Oh, a absolutely. very small role. Not, you, you would almost think if you're going to get somebody that big, you know, cast him to be kind of the main guest in a, in a special or something um, like they've done with some of these other big actors in the past. But nope, he just got his little, you know, hey, I'm uh, the head of MI6, and then he got sniped in the back of the head <laughs> that's i i was curious too because there were definitely some uh some interactions between him and the doctor where the camera the camera angle of it and just like his eye line or the doctor's eye line i wonder if he recorded some of his scenes just like by himself without anybody else around him like <laughs> scheduling or something didn't work out. So they just were like, okay, we'll just shoot you and we'll kind of like just mesh it together. Um, but yeah, I was, su- I was surprised that it was like, it was so short that he, he's that big of a big name actor that he, you know, he refused to fly to wherever they were filming. <laughs> That's, and... I was kind of curious if that might've happened, but I was, <laughs> I was super surprised that his part was so, so short shows up introduction goes in the office or they show the the lady who's had her DNA rewritten then mm. goes in the office and then he's gone. And it's like, you don't see him again ever. His yeah. character's gone. He's never going to be in doctor who again. It's over. And they, and they said something about Torchwood and unit being gone now too. Yeah. Um, which once again, I could, I couldn't remember if that was something that had happened that I'm like, Oh, should I remember that? Cause it kind of felt like news to me but maybe they had already kind of explained that in previous episodes why they weren't around anymore. I, yeah, I, I have, 
I have a sneaking suspicion that we got to see unit dissolve. I know this is what this is what happens. I blame I blame BBC for taking <laughs> Doctor Who away from us for a year. We are we are uh, rusty. We are very rusty in our in our facts. But um, they did drop a little bit. Like so, this Barton guy. This is the guy that owns the the Google like co- company. Um, they they revealed he was also like a former agent, which I thought was kind of a weird like career path for somebody to take. <laughs> you know secret agent becomes you know internet mogul like it's kind of a weird transition (laughs) yeah yeah i i I thought the same thing until in the second part of the the two-parter the doctor mentions that basically oh they're like a secret agent they collect all the data and it's like oh well maybe that's where they make the connection this guy was just so used to collecting all the data that he just decided to do it on a large scale. Yeah. And one of the things that I've talked about in the past that I don't love about Doctor Who is when Doctor Who gets really preachy. And when they started talking about like kind of these big companies and then how they take all your data and they have all your information and stuff. And I was starting to be like, okay, we know like it's like, it felt like they were starting to get a little bit preachy about like modern technology and how dangerous it is. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But they didn't seem like they got too deep into it. So I was like, okay, no big deal. But then, of course, the end, at the very <laughs> end, which we'll get to, you know, at the end of the second episode where he does like the whole speech about how, you know, we gave you pieces of plastic and electronics and you gave us your social security numbers. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yes. okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all your pictures and all your thoughts and all the things you like and <laughs> he literally got behind a pulpit and preached <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> that's i felt the same way like i'm used to the whole like surveillance state where it's like we have the closed circuit tvs and we can see you now and now your pictures are flashed up on a billboard and you're the most wanted and crush your phones and all this other stuff but then that last scene it was like okay like You've taken this a little too far. Maybe maybe it's because I was uncomfortable at that point. And it's like, dang, you're kind of right. You're starting <laughs> like... to believe him. <laughs> My son was watching it. When I was re-watching it, he was in the room with me at that part. And he looked at me and he was like, is that true? Is he? Is he? <laughs> I was like, eh, kind of, but not really. I, mean, it's not, I don't think we're going to all be erased and turned into hard drives. I'm, no. I'm pretty sure that's not a danger. But... <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to be hard drives, but... That's when you take the that's when you take the the classic approach. Well, I have nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, they can, I don't care if they see my data. It's all about convenience. It's all about convenience. <laughs> um, we so we've talked before about the idea of like three companions. Yeah. So we have in this in these episodes, we get a lot. We get a lot of the companions. Um, even parts where so they split off. The Doctor and Graham go to Australia to meet O and then you have Yaz and Ryan, they go to San Francisco to infiltrate this company. And so you have these two separate adventures going along parallel, which is something you can't do if you only have one companion. So that's helpful. But where do you stand now on kind of like three companions versus like one or two that we've gotten in the past? Like how does that feel to you after we've gotten a full season and now starting a second season of it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The first part of this two-parter, I, I something didn't feel right 
um, as I was watching it, it felt somewhat frantic, the pacing of it and, and kind of how it jumped back and forth. And I never really felt much um, depth <laughs> for what was going on. Um, and just sitting there like thinking through, okay, what's going on here? Why, why am I struggling with that so much? I think it honestly is because there are so many characters, um, that they are trying to develop as much as they possibly can. And they're trying to show their interactions and they want each of them to be not just a two dimensional character. They want to have them be as fleshed out as possible. Um, the first part of it was was rough for me. I felt like I was missing I was missing the doctor, to be quite honest. Um, I wanted more of that. So I, I'm I'm interested to see how the rest of the series plays out. I think the second part I enjoyed the second part of the episode much more, and maybe it was because we had the doctor essentially having her adventure, um, and then we had the three companions kind of together having their own and that one felt more balanced because i could enjoy the doctor a little bit more and then i could enjoy kind of the the characters that are the companions um but when they're split up the way that they were split up in the first part it, it just it didn't feel right to me and the only thing i could think of in my mind as to why that was is because we have so many to to hang on with at one time am i totally off base here are, do you do you have a different pr perspective than me? No, I I completely agree with you. I do think it can be a little overwhelming, and kind of what you were saying, where they feel like they have to flesh these characters out, so you don't get as much information about the Doctor. And maybe we don't need a lot of information because we already know the Doctor, but it wasn't even we didn't even find out like the companions didn't find out the Doctor was from Gallifrey until season two. Yeah. You know, we're getting no exposition about Gallifrey or about the fact that she's a Time Lord, any of that stuff, because they spend so much time fleshing out, you know, Ryan and Yaz and Graham and their backgrounds. We know everything about these characters now, you know. Right, right. I mean, there's things that are yet to be revealed, I'm sure. But they did a really good job of, in, in a short season, of really showing us a lot about those characters. But, yeah, it seems like it's taking time away from the Doctor, which, for me is the character that I really like to kind of focus on. That's the interesting character to me. I like companions, but they're not, they shouldn't be equal to, in my opinion, the doctor, as far as like screen time or the amount of time they're focusing on those characters. It start. I mean, it feels like back when we were watching, uh, you know, the first doctor and yeah. where the doctor didn't feel like the main character in that show. Yeah. I was, I was blown away at the end of the second part when it was like, oh yeah, we, the, the companions know nothing about this doctor. Um, and I remember thinking through some of the, the recordings that we did at the beginning of last series when she was first introduced and kind of like the excitement that both of us expressed when it was like, oh, she's going to build her, she's going to get her new Sonic. Oh, they're going to, they're going to go through the explanation of who she is and she's figuring herself out. And kind of, we got to experience a little bit of that as far as like the doctor finding her own way of being the doctor, but we didn't enjoy any of those moments, those aspects of the companions finding out who the doctor is. And I think that's what I enjoy about a new doctor is getting to know that, 
new doctor, even though we know all the other doctors, but getting to know that new doctor through the eyes of the companion. Um, and we didn't get that at all last series. And, and now at the end of the second part of this, this episode, it's like, Oh wow. I'm kind of excited for that again, for them to ask that question. And now there's kind of like this emotional weight and depth because of how this episode ended behind the doctor that it's kind of, it kind of, in my mind, mirrors or matches Capaldi's like, am I a good man question? Like there's that, there's that weight in that, that dark cloud hanging over the doctor's identity once more that maybe we'll get to see fleshed out in the companions experience. And we'll get to know the doctor once again, through those companions, um, as opposed to just getting to know the companions and the doctors just running around kind of flighty the entire time. They definitely made it a point in this, in these episodes to kind of, bring that up you know graham is thinking about it when he's talking to O, and O's like oh i got this whole shelf over there and graham's like yeah like i want to i want to learn as much as you know about her and then then the companions all sitting in that when they're hiding and sitting in kind of that warehouse and they have a conversation amongst themselves about how they don't know anything about her and then at the end when she starts to finally explain to them you know oh i'm a I'm a Time Lord, I'm from Gallifrey, uh, the Master is my old friend who became an enemy, do you have any questions? And they're yeah. kind of like, you know, like, yeah, we have loads of questions. <laughs> so <laughs> I was kind of waiting for them to ask, like, oh, you can regenerate? Like, how many times have you regenerated? How many times have you been a woman? Like, I'm like, I'm thinking of all the things I would ask, you know, yeah. you know like, oh, what's the, you know, oh, you were, you were a man 12 times and then only a woman <laughs> once, what's up with that? You know, like that kind of, I'm sure those kind of questions will come up. I kind of assumed all this stuff happened off screen, like they had already had these conversations. Right. right. I, I am curious just that end scene that you described where they asked the question. She gave an answer. And like even the way that she delivered it, it was like, this is final. This is all you need to know. This is all you're getting. And then she's like, any questions? And Graham somewhat like sardonically is like, yeah, loads. <laughs> and like – it it doesn't go any further than that, but you can feel this. You can see that weird tension between the three companions now and the doctor, especially as the doctor storms off. I'm interested to see that aspect of it develop. Like, is that the, is that like the sliver of maybe not distrust? Maybe that's the wrong way to phrase it. But is that 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 we that tension that is now going to be in that relationship between them where? they were trusting her implicitly and they, they even expressed that throughout the episode. Like the doctor's going to show up. The doctor's fine. The doctor's going to make everything better. Um, but now can they trust her <laughs> when she's not willing to share herself with them? But well, even the fact that it was, they had a, a scene where Graham acted surprised that she was ever a man. Yeah. Um, he's like, wait, what? She was a man. And, you know, even that kind of thing where there is just, there's all this stuff they don't know. And like I said, they kind of dropped multiple times throughout the episodes, little kind of reminding us that they didn't know stuff. So I think it's very purposeful. Like you said, I do think we are going to get some more of the introduction of the doctor through the companion's eyes. They just yeah. waited a season. Yeah. I, I know that we have a lot of this episode still to talk about, but I'm, truly excited for the episodes that come next because of some of the things that they've already they, they they added to these episodes or the questions that they've raised that it's like okay cool i have 
there's there's things to be resolved. There's there's more story to unfold. It's not just jumping between these small capsule episodes with that are fully resolved at the end of it. That there aren't any lingering questions. Um, I'm 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 stoked. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the aliens the that they introduced? Okay, so a couple different thoughts. One, I totally thought that they were Cybermen. Um, oh, like I, 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 the, do you remember, um, the episode with, was it Tennant or Eccleston where the Cybermen walk around as ghosts the yes. entire time? Yep. Yeah. So the outline of their heads, like it looked like old school Cybermen and I'm like, oh, these are just Cybermen reborn. And then at the end of the episode, when they're like, we're going to rewrite everybody's DNA, everybody's going to get an upgrade. They're going to be like hard drives. I'm like, oh. They're just all going to get zapped into Cybermen somehow. So I thought they were Cybermen. Number two, I was really hoping that we weren't going to get this entire episode resolved by them, like, being misunderstood and they just wanted, like, warm hugs or something. Yeah. Um, I was I was waiting for it. Oh, I was, I was so waiting for that to happen, and it didn't. So I was stoked about that. Um, I thought, like, them saying that they're the far beyond, like – they looked, they, they looked, I don't know. I thought they were legitimate. Um, they were kind of frightening, kind of had feelings of the upside down from stranger things when you got zapped into their dimension. Um, but yeah, I thought they were, I thought they were good. I thought the trifecta that we had of Barton, the master and the Cassavin or Cassavin, um, yeah. it was pretty decent. Yeah. And I thought all the motivations made sense. Sometimes, when you watch Doctor Who, you, it's kind of hard to kind of understand some of the motivations. There's, there's little holes where you're like, that doesn't really make sense why this, why they would do this or do that. But I felt like all three of the villains in this all had kind of different motivations that all aligned in a way, and they all made sense. You know, that the these aliens are basically have this ultimate goal of taking over the entire universe, is what they said. Yeah, and, you know, but they're utilizing the human race kind of, you know, almost like they were saying, like these storage, like this unlimited storage, you know, so maybe that's the beginning of their plan to expand out and, and take over other planets and take over the universe eventually. So I was like, OK, I get that. The master's just wanting to kill all the humans because he's trying to get back at the doctor. And then um, Barton's just trying to, you know, gain as much power as he can possibly gain because he just seems to be that kind of guy. And it kind of all made sense. But the thing that didn't make sense to me was why at the end when the doctor revealed to the aliens that the master was going to betray them, quote unquote, where he had said, you know, oh, you know, I'll let them do the dirty work. But I was thinking, well, what? It didn't seem like he was going to do anything that was against them. He just didn't care about their ultimate goal. He just wanted to kill the humans. But what he was doing in conjunction with them wasn't stopping their plan. Yeah, I think the one the one thing about that is that like in that recording that the doctor captured of the master, he basically says, like, once they've done their part, I'm just going to get rid of them. So like the master had already thought two or three steps ahead to once human race is gone, then he's going to take Barton out and then he's going to do something to the Kasavin to get rid of them as well. Um, who knows? Like maybe the master knew the back door to get rid of them ultimately to kick them off. Seemed like the doctor had a pretty good idea. So maybe the master did as well. Um, 
Well, the aliens were kind of going throughout time because their whole thing was they were trying to watch and study these people that were influential in the creation of computers. Yeah, I'm and, still kind of confused by that. But So I was thinking, okay, maybe that's why they partnered with the Master because he had a way that he could take them to different parts in time because he was a Time Lord and he has access to a, tar- a TARDIS and so he could get them... Whereas they might be able to go through dimensions, but they don't necessarily have the ability to go through time. Okay. So I was kind of feeling, even though they never really explained it that way, that was kind of how I explained it. Oh, and that's where the the dancing silver lady comes in. And the, the dancing silver was lady was just off. yeah, that was just kind of the mechanism. Yeah, yeah. To allow, okay. um, you know, the ultimate thing that happens with the whole race and everybody's DNA. It was like a MacGuffin because you kind of need that. If you didn't have an element like that, then the doctor wouldn't have been able to manipulate that element. Yeah. So I think they just kind of needed to have some item that the doctor could go into back into time and, you know, kind of mess with to mess to ultimately foil their plans. Yeah. Because otherwise I mean, the silver thing really made no sense. I mean, that's I mean, the doctor hit the silver thing with their Sonic and that's when the um, Kasavin showed up. So it's mm. kind of like even their portal, their gateway. Maybe. Did they describe that somehow? Not really. They never really explained how they kind of got around. Um, and the fact that they actually acted as portals themselves. Yeah. was kind of weird. Um, in that, like, they killed some people when they attacked them, but then other people, they just kind of became a portal. Because, and the doctor explained it at one point, where the reason why her and Yaz didn't get killed is because they have all this energy from tra- traveling through the time through time i forget what she calls it it's like arton arton energy or something yeah yeah but yeah so they have that attached to them so it didn't allow them to die but then i was thinking well that one um, ada ada didn't have that so why didn't she die yeah okay now we're thinking way too much about it pull out (laughs) pull out pull back don't 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 go any deeper but I, i kind of saw it this way is that the aliens could kill you if they wanted to kill you but they could also act as a portal if they wanted to act as a portal. Um, and so the reason why Ada didn't die is because they didn't want to kill Ada. They were just trying to study her. Whereas the doctor, they were trying to kill her. They just messed up because they didn't realize the doctor had like this time dust on her. Yeah, yeah. I that that works for me. Okay. It makes sense because they needed Ada to be around for computer stuff. So yeah. they could they didn't want to kill her. I thought the aliens were fine. They were kind of boring. They didn't really, because maybe just because they didn't, they weren't anything. They were just like these, these bright spots. Um, yeah. They were kind of boring. And I they didn't that, really talk. Just the one talked, had like three lines. The 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 frightening part of about them is that they could show up anywhere. And when they showed up, there were like hundreds of them. Right. Yeah. And they can attack you in airplane bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And when they come through the wall, they take on the, the look of <laughs> yeah, that, that wall. That, was, that, was, that, w- that one was the one where it was like, that lost me a little bit. Well, Doctor Who has used that. This, you know, A few different aliens have kind of done that in the past, where yeah. they kind of come through a wall and they kind of retain the, the look of that. So that wasn't <laughs> super original. Um, I thought that Barton was an interesting character. I thought the actor... Uh, that played him did a really good job and he was very unlikable right from the beginning there was <laughs> yes, no doubt was. about him being a bad guy <laughs> yep yep he was definitely unlikable from the beginning and they i mean 
definitely wanted you to dislike the guy where pretty much the first thing that you learn about him is that he fired his entire PR staff. Um, kind yeah. of kind of went over and above trying to make you not like the individual. Right. Yeah. And then he ends up killing his own mom, <laughs> which was like, that was such a funny scene where his mom was just like not impressed with him. And he was just <laughs> looking for her approval. Uh, and then he's just like, okay, fine. See, that's the one thing that I think was slightly out of character for him to be like so concerned, just wanting to hear his mom say that she was proud of him. And that's why he's done everything and then end up killing her. Um, I don't know. That all villains, though, they all have like parent issues. There's just somebody didn't tell him they loved him enough. I guess I could have seen if it was like a high school professor or like a, a rival or something. But your mom, seriously? Come on. I think that's more that's more along the lines of like, let's show how evil he really is by having him kill his mom. It's basically like, let him kick a kitten or something like that. Um, <laughs> that, that That's pretty much that move there, just times 10. Well, they went to Barton's party and they got all dressed up. I like the, I actually like the look of the doctor uh, when she had kind of the suit with the bow tie. I think it was just because it was so reminiscent of like other doctors. And I was going to say, is that the first doctor's outfit? Like to a T it kind of looked like the first doctor. It had some, it had some, you know, because of the bow tie, you know, there's, there's a couple other doctors that kind of reminded me of too, but, and even like, even the third doctor a little bit, it just, I was getting these vibes where I was like, Oh, that looks like the way the doctor dresses. And I almost started to get this little hope that because she kept that outfit on for so long, that they were kind of introducing us to a new look because they do that, you know, with the doctors yeah. that a lot of times like Smith had kind of two distinct looks um, in his tenure and so did Capaldi. And so I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe they're already introducing us to her new look and her new outfit. And then she went back to the, the old threads by the end of the episode, but I kind of liked it. I was like, it's a good look for her. Yeah. I, it was a, uh, it was very spy esque as everybody rolls out um in their in their spy outfits it was it was good i don't i don't Hers care it was more like a longer jacket though oh yeah it didn't it have just was. a straight up suit look it kind of looked like um you know kind of that jacket combo that you typically see with the doctor and it it blends in more when when you start to think about the time travel aspect yeah like even <laughs> when she went into like the 1820s it was kind of like okay that fits where people aren't going to really do a double take as much as they would if she showed up in her rainbow sweater true true so and maybe that's why you know it kind of made sense that when she she ended up in the you know 1820s and then the 1940s and so like it kind of helped that she had already changed into those clothes so maybe that was on purpose and that was kind of a device um you know in the writing yeah no i could see it i could see it we are all over the place. I know. I was like, okay, there's still so much more to talk about, but I had kind of gotten so distracted by doctor outfits that I hadn't <laughs> prepped the next thing I was going to talk about. Um, oh, so let's... the so Master. The one thing I will say about the Master, when he reveals himself on the plane, I thought it was funny that she was just like, wait, why are you, you, know, why are you so tired? I saw in your file that you used to be a, splint, a sprinter. And he's just, <laughs> oh, you got me. And I was thinking, wait, that I feel like I could have explained that a little. Like I could have been like, oh yeah, that was a long time ago. You know, I haven't really kept in shape. 
<laughs> but he just gave it up. He, <laughs> he was so ready to reveal himself. Yep. Yep. That was, that is that moment on the plane where it all like starts to come together. Um, I absolutely love it. I think that reveal again, if we wouldn't have been spoiled, that would have been such a fun reveal. Although I will say him being like, I did say spy master. It's like, okay, <laughs> but seriously, no one's going to pick up on that. It's like, it's not as obvious as he thought it sounded at the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's almost like, I, t- I, I was trying to tell you earlier. Yeah. I don't think I would have like, if I hadn't been spoiled, I don't think I would have picked up on it. I think I would have been blown away. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Um, he did a really good job because even when he enters the TARDIS for the first time, he does the whole, like, he doesn't go into crazy, you know, where he's just like, oh, wow, this is amazing. But he does have this surprised look like he's never seen a TARDIS before. And he's just like, wow, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to, to go in the TARDIS. And so I was kind of like, oh man, he's really playing this off well. Because not only has he been inside a TARDIS before, he's, you know, he has a TARDIS. So, right. Um, what what does he say? I'm 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 trying to uh, track that down because he says something specific that it was like. <laughs> that was he just says funny. a word, like when he walks in. He says a word, and then he comes back out. It literally, I think he says like two or three words, and that's it. But it's very much a, you know, kind of shocked by yeah. what he's seen. Uh, but yeah, I don't re- I don't have the script up in front of me, so I don't remember exactly what he says. Yeah. yeah, never mind. Never mind. You're trying to look it up. Yeah, it's. Well, we did see. Oh, he just says ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's right. And then yeah. he says something after, right? Oh, he, he says uh, he says shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So when when the doctor flies her TARDIS, she goes and gets um. She goes and gets Ryan from San Francisco and comes back to the Outback because originally they had parked the TARDIS outside in the Outback and then walked to the house. But when she comes back with Ryan, she parks the TARDIS in the house. Did you pick up on that? Now that you mention it? Yeah. So they parked the TARDIS in the TARDIS. Yeah. TARDIS in the TARDIS. And I was kind of thinking like (laughs) there should have been like, I don't know. I feel like the rules of how all this stuff works in the past has there's been kind of weirdness if like two TARDISes are close to each other or there's some kind of like interference or like if the TARDIS was about to land inside of another TARDIS, don't you think there would have been some kind of alarm or alert <laughs> or something that would have gone off that yeah. would have tipped her off that the, the, you know, at least that there's another time Lord around. Right. Right. The, something about the time and relative dimensions in space would be <laughs> blown out of proportion. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool, and I don't know if that's just a thing that they just didn't think of when they were writing this episode, and they're like, oh no, we'll just have the TARDIS come back, or if they were just like, uh, you know, they already have an explanation in their brain how it can happen, but I was yeah. thinking it would have been easy for her just to park it outside again, so they wouldn't have to to deal with fans over, you know, thinking it. <laughs> I guess that, I guess they're just figuring, like, at that point in the episode, you don't know it's a master, so you don't know it's a TARDIS, and so it's only in moments like this, as we think back on the episode that it's like, wait, how does that work? Or maybe they were trying to solidify, you know, like, well, if we show the TARDIS inside his house, nobody will think that his house is a TARDIS. <laughs> um, that's one thing I don't like about some of the TARDISes they've done because the TARDIS, the, the TARDIS that we're all familiar with, the telephone booth looks so cool. 
and then they've had like you know clara's tardis was like a diner yeah and then now they have this that's like some shack from the outback i'm like all tardises should be cool objects like these houses flying through the sky look weird like when they showed his house flying yep. and very then they uh, wizard of the oz or yeah. <laughs> wizard of the oz wizard of <laughs> oz very wicked witch of the west yeah I, um, it is i am curious though because like i get the whole outside chameleon circuit all that stuff but the inside of the doctor's tardis does not look like a police box right so why does the inside of the shack tardis still look like a shack i guess like, if you're if you're trying to hide it then you'd want it to look like that on the inside but yeah you know there's another door off to the side probably that leads to the rest of the ship you know yeah, I I mean it would have to, right? Or there's yeah. a there's a floor panel, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. Or he just got a dud TARDIS that it can only get so big <laughs> on the inside. I mean his chameleon circuit still works. He's just arrogant and that's why he doesn't change it. I like the timey wimey stuff. I liked the as cheesy as it was, the fact that she left instructions for Ryan on how to survive the plane crash. Oh, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And when she got to the end and realized she forgot to go do that. Yes. That was really funny. It it brought me back to the episodes of like the Pandorica stuff that was happening. Yep. Where the doctor was jumping back and, you know, had the broom and was leaving notes and stuff. And it just kind of was, it doesn't make sense when you start to think about the time aspect of it. Right. You know, what happens before what. But if you just kind of set all that aside and it's just the fun of it. Like, I like it when the doctor does that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think the second part, well, yeah, the first part, no, I guess it was that happened in the second part. The second part felt very much like a Doctor Who episode to me because we had we had the timey-wimey stuff. We had the doctor dealing with historical characters. We had kind of a revisionist history where we take an actual historic event and we kind of put a Doctor Who spin on it. So with Ada Lovelace, I guess she really did have issues when she was eight years old, (laughs) like paralysis and blacking out and stuff like that. So they took it, put a Doctor Who spin on it, and now we can say that's the... Kasavin that that caused that to happen. So I loved those different aspects, and we got the the callback to the to making him forget about the doctor. Um, yeah, the the second part of this felt very much like a Doctor Who episode to me, and I really enjoyed it. Even the fact that the the master got trapped in the 1940s, yes, and had to wait 76 years to yes. come and do you know to stop them or whatever. I loved that. Like, he didn't just go find another TARDIS or go do something where he could jump back. Like, he literally had to live, you know, through that time to reach the modern time. And and he looked like it. When he showed up, like, he looked ragged. He had, like, dark circles under his eyes. He looked tired in his line about, like, all the places I've had to escape. Yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. thought that was, that was a cool touch that they did that. And I like it when the doctor, when that kind of stuff happens. Now, I don't like it when the doctor lives for like thousands of years. Millions of years. Someplace that's kind of, that's a little overkill or 300 years on Christmas planet or whatever. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, We were doing so well and you had to bring that up. (laughs) But, but yeah, I thought that was a cool touch all the time travel stuff. And I like it when they go back 
and meet these historical figures. Obviously, these historical figures were a little less known. It's not like they're going to meet Shakespeare or, you know, some of these other characters that they've done in the past. Robin Hood, you know, but <laughs> but yeah, so Ada Lovelace, I had to Google, I'll admit. Um, I've heard the name before, but I didn't really know the significance. Yeah. So, and I think they expected that because they did a lot of explaining on who she was. It wasn't like, oh, if you meet William Shakespeare, it's not like, oh, William Shakespeare, you know, one of the greatest writers of this time period and blah, blah, blah. Like they didn't have to give us a lot of exposition because we all know who William Shakespeare is. Right, right. But when you meet Ada Lovelace, you need a little bit of extra explanation. No, absolutely. And then even for the um, the spy in, the Par- in Paris. Yeah. yeah. Like At first, I that- thought that was a made-up character um, when they first introduced her. Because I thought it was unlikely that there would have been um, uh, somebody who was Islamic who was in that type of a role in, in World War II. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of an odd thing. And, you know, they introduced this new character. And then I Googled her name and I was like, oh, no, this is a real thing, too. You know, like she really, you know, was a real um, person that was behind the lines and doing these codes. And so it was cool that they're introducing you to these very important historical figures that maybe you haven't heard of before. Yeah, it kind of continues the theme of uh, Chibnall really wanting to use aspects of Doctor Who to educate. Right. That was a big thing before series 11 that like wanted some education to be in place when it comes to Doctor Who, because there was aspects of that in classic who and he wanted to bring it back. Well, I feel educated about two individuals based on this last episode. Yes, definitely. So I, I hope they do more with that kind of stuff. It did feel a little rushed as far as like the introductions of these characters and whereas in the past we'll get a whole episode you know where maybe she would have gone back and met ada lovelace and that would have been the only character that you know would be kind of the guest character of the episode and really a big focus but she had to share time with so many other characters that it was almost like an afterthought she was there she was cool but she didn't really get a lot of uh focus or screen time yeah and it i will say that i thoroughly enjoyed the three of them, Dr. Khan and Lovelace appearing and Graham being like, where have you been? And are you replacing us? Yes. Um, I thought that was great. Yeah. He's like, she, he's like, you have a lot of explaining to do. And she's like, why? And he's like, well, first off, who are they? And are you replacing us? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you do, you see her standing there with these two companions sitting next to her. And you're like, oh yeah, I could totally see why he would have thought that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, Honestly, they might be a little bit more capable than the three that they current that, that she currently has. As as Graham literally tap dances with laser shoes on. <laughs> that was, yeah. Some of that stuff was a little too cheesy for me. I know Doctor Who gets cheesy, but some of that stuff I was just like, oh, okay. And he yeah. did it like twice. He didn't even just do it once. Oh no, absolutely. He he really enjoyed the tap dance. Like I'm, I was all cool about there being laser shoes and rocket cufflinks, but. Like, take them off and use them. Don't make don't make Graham tap dance to use his laser shoes. Um, yeah, that 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 again. Graham was comic relief. Come these two uh, these two episodes. Yes, yes, definitely. I could, I can use um, you know. Well, although we've seen the previews for the next one, and it doesn't look like it's that one's too serious either. But I could definitely use a little bit more serious 
Uh, Are you basing line. that entirely on the green hair? Uh, I mean, the, they're going to this spa, and there's yeah. a green hair guy, and there's this giant tentacle at some point that's in the TARDIS, it seems like. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, it seems a little whimsical. I so. think it comes from the rainforest. Oh, okay. The the tentacle that comes out of the rainforest, she drained too much or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I like I like some balance, you know, with Doctor Who. Like it gets super silly, but then it can get super serious. Um, it can be this real kind of odd storytelling that doesn't make a lot of sense, but then they can really weave in some really intricate stuff too. Speaking of that, um, we're getting back to Gallifrey and yes, dropping some some bombs on us. Oh heck yes! Where They're... the master's kind of like, you know, hey, I have some information, and then he's telling her. I went to Gallifrey and Gallifrey was ruined and she's like, I don't believe you. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I haven't thought about Gallifrey in a long time or I haven't, I mean, I haven't thought about the master, you know, with this new doctor. Um, so it's kind of cool to get, they're starting to get back into that lore. Yeah. That is what got me into Doctor Who. When I first started watching Doctor Who was really that kind of like time Lord lore and the idea of the doctor having all this history with the Daleks and the war and all that stuff, that's really kind of what hooked me. So when they start to start dropping those terms again and starting to talk about that stuff, um, I was really starting to get excited. Absolutely. Especially when it seemed like Moffat went above and beyond to do everything he possibly could to save Gallifrey, <laughs> like to, to undo the angst and the anguish that Eccleston and Tennant and Smith to some degree experienced to to just undo that and save it and hey everything's cool um to now have gallifrey be at the center again you have some of that that weight and the emotional attachment i'm excited and not to mention that that throwaway line that we got from what was it the second or third episode of series series 11 about the timeless child yeah it's back and there, yeah, there was no explanation as to what that meant. And then you get um, the master in this like holographic message at the end, at the very end of this episode, where he's kind of like, if you're hearing this, it's because you went to Gallifrey. And then he starts telling her he's the one that destroyed it, number one, which was kind of a surprise. Yeah. And he destroyed it because he said that they've been lying to us and... Um, everything they've been telling us about our heritage is not true. And I forget the line he says, um, oh, what does he say? The whole existence of our species built on the lie of the timeless child. You're like, what? Like the whole yeah. existence of, of time Lords is about this timeless child. And we don't know who that is, you know? So that's a cool connection to, like you said, last season, cause they did drop that. Um, that term on us last season, but now it's like, okay, there's more to the story, you know, that we're going to, and it sounds like it has to do with like the entire existence of time Lords. So maybe everything we think we know is wrong. I, it, I Possibly that's, I mean, the way that it was set up, the way that the master delivered it. And again, it's the master who knows, who knows whether he can be trusted. Um, but it could be story altering. Um, he wasn't that, lying that, about it being destroyed. No, no, he wasn't. Um, and 
he most probably was the one that destroyed it. Um, but it will be interesting to see. Number one, I want to see the master show up again at some point during the series. Um, hopefully that does not stop there. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how long, because the episode ends with them asking Yaz asking to go to Gallifrey and the doctor says, uh, not today or not yet. Um, I wonder how much longer we're going, how, how many episodes between this episode where it gets brought up to where we finally see more of the story unfold, or is this going to be episode two? It's brought up and we don't hear about it until series 13. <laughs> I think we get some sort of finale, um, where they do where that's where it's going to happen. So, so what was the, I'm forgetting now the first season, her first season, what was the time space between the end of the season and the New Year's special? Wasn't it pretty oh, big? It yeah, pretty big gap, it, right? it ended in like September. Um, so it was like three or four months. Okay. So we're going to, so we are going to get the end of the season a lot earlier in the year this time. Oh, around. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So if they waited until uh, the, like a Christmas or New Year's special again, that would be a huge gap. Yeah. So maybe they have some sort of a two-part finale in the season where they do kind of a more of a, a bigger thing, bigger episode, bigger stakes, or maybe they wait till the next special. Who knows? At this point, I mean, they could even split the split the series based on what they've released. We know nothing about when any of the episodes are. Um, we're just kind of taking it at face value that they're going to be week after week after week. They technically could like split the series at episode six. Um, I think all we know for certain is it's going to be in 2020. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know why I thought I had heard that it was going to be continuous again this year, but that could have just been speculation. Um, but yeah. Hmm. I mean, it might, it might be this next episode that we have coming though. January 12th, new director, and I think it's a new writer. Um, no, he wrote the writer of this one, It Takes You Away, which I I really enjoyed. Yeah, I like It Takes You Away. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, was there anything we didn't talk about? I'm trying to like go back through. I mean, we did get, um, you know, obviously when they're in France – we got the the master shows up as a Nazi, yeah, which was interesting. <laughs> that's that's pretty big. Yeah, that was kind of a kind of surprising a, a little bit, just because you know anytime you talk about you know Nazis and that type of stuff, it can be a little bit sensitive. And so I was kind of like wondering, you know, even having actors involved, I know a lot of times it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to touch a project that's going to be like that, you know. So maybe just when I saw this new this new actor who's playing the doctor who is obviously not white you know shows up at, in a nazi uniform i was like oh i kind of was taken aback I, honestly i was like whoa that's an interesting choice yeah i mean story wise they they had the perception filter to uh to make it work um but i i was right there with you i was i was surprised that they went that route and the doctor i mean they the the writer of the show chibnall went out of his way to make sure everybody realized the doctor was not happy with the situation did not approve of the master's 
um, current disguise and his current dealings with individuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The master, the doctor says some line where I don't approve of your outfit or something like that at some point. Um, yeah. The idea of a perception filter when he said that, it made more sense. I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense how he could kind of pass in that, you know, in that time, that era, the way he looked. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was an interesting choice. And he made, he makes some comment about, um, when they're at the top of the Eiffel tower where he says, uh, she mentioned some past event that had happened between the two of them. And he's like, Oh, have I apologized for that yet? And she's like, Nope. And he's like, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Which I believe is a reference to the fourth doctor's death. Okay. Um, because he fell from a tower. Um, oh. So I, I'll have to look sense. a little bit more into that. But I think the term she had used, I forget now the name of the, the place that she had mentioned. But I think it was that was what it was in reference to. There were a couple little Easter eggs like that, that for kind of those classic fans that they would, would pick up on. Huh. Um, oh, the... Oh, what was the other thing that happened where she said, I can do... Oh, the the fact that they could speak telepathically to each other. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he says, oh, a classic. And then she's like, yeah, I can do the classics too. And that's because they had used that power back in like the old... In the in the classic series, in like the, spe- in the third... The three Doctor special and the five Doctor special. Okay. I think is the only other time that the Time Lords have used that, so... I was like, oh, that's cool. Nice little shout out there to the fans that are in the know. I I figured that was a classic throwback. Um, again, just because of their exchange. But that was a new one for me. Oh, the uh, the tapping, the the Morse yes! code. The, yes. the four, the knock, 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 knock. Like the, you know. The beat of the two hearts. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Because that's just something that was such a big deal in uh, Tenant's era. Right? Yeah. And then they brought it back a little bit with Smith where you know that kind of like you're hearing that you know kind of knock 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 and then that's like that's how tenant died you know with when the when um willard gets stuck in the yeah yes in the thing yeah and he knocks on the door yeah right but i thought that was such a cool like i actually got a little chills when you kind of hear that just because it's such an iconic part of doctor who yeah a lot of things happened around that you know kind of the time lord heartbeat Yep, and the way that that scene just plays out, where it kind of like goes through the tunnel, and you hear the the tap, yeah, um, and then it goes to where he is, yeah. I that that scene was a really really well done, um, really well well shot scene. Yeah, yeah, I had fun with this one. I I think the it's like the anticipation when you wait that long and you wait a year for something to come back, you're always gonna kind of overanalyze it. And I, I really liked the first episode a lot, the the reveal of the master, even though I was spoiled. The second episode dra- drug a little for me. And I think a lot of the weakness for me was the companions um, and the stuff around them. And kind of when the companions are on their own, I feel like I start to, I don't care as much about what's going on with them. I'm like, just get back to the doctor, get back to the doctor, <laughs> you know? And so if they're not hanging out with the doctor, suddenly I'm not that into their storyline. So, and there was a lot of that throughout but I, I enjoyed the first episode more than I enjoyed the second episode. But as a whole, and especially the stuff that it's setting up for, I'm very optimistic about where this stuff's going. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna flip that. 
I struggled with the first episode. I think, again, because of the split um, with the Doctor and the Companions, and it seemed like it was driven by one-liners, and it didn't seem like there was an overabundance amount of depth, and if there was, it was really focused on Yaz and Ryan. Um, The second episode, though, I think it elevated the entire thing. Um, I enjoyed not just getting the reveal of the Doctor, like in the first part, but or the Master, but getting Master and his full insanity um, in the second part. And I think getting the doctor off by herself, interacting with historical characters and kind of moving through things that way. And then the companions kind of just doing their own thing. um, I really liked the second episode and as a whole, I think everything worked well together with the two parts, really excited with where the series can go. Um, really interested to know again they're talking about how there's going to be the scariest monsters we've ever had in doctor who some really frightening things taking place we'll believe it when we see it that's been said before but really excited to see what happens with the rest of the series all right well i think we are good to wrap this episode of bad wolf radio up first episode of 2020 we made it we're back But, yeah, so thank you all for listening to us and uh, checking us out again. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes. You can also find them over at badwolfpodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at badwolfpodcast. We also have a Facebook group. Um, You can check us out there. Some discussions going on about Doctor Who. And we will catch you next time. Yeah. I don't know how to end anymore. I don't say later days anymore. I don't have any quotes. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You did the quote thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe. Trust no one. Try, 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 I, think, trust. I think that's going to be the title of this episode because the doctor does say that. She's like, you know, don't forget the rule of being a spy or whatever the number one rule Trust no one. And that, and that was a good, good exchange between Yaz and, and Ryan as well, where it's like, uh, you're forgetting the number one rule and he's like trust no one she's like yeah but don't look worried don't look worried when you trust no one um, yeah and he was like spazzing so much i thought that was kind of funny when he met Logan, martin i'm and he, i'm logan my name's logan jackson logan, i'm the photographer logan. oh and they mentioned um oh what's his name hugh, hugh jackman. jackman yeah where he's he said like, he then wanted- i realized it looked nothing like hugh jackman <laughs> Okay, so that was a that was a fun exchange. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, but okay, cool. <laughs> Send us your location. Kisses. It's quite French, that isn't it? Kisses with the, the liver part where she was like, I hope I'm not in someone's liver. It's so it's so awkward or whatever. People were like, Why are you in my liver? I was like, What? We're like, who's right? Was the right? Was Chibnall just bored that night and just kind of like just forgot to erase that from the script? Uh, <laughs> there's so many. Where she's talking to herself. <laughs> Where are you, Doctor? Yep, I'm still here. I'm just talking to myself to make sure that I'm still alive. But so many, so many good parts. Uh, all right. Oh, the master what? in the the tissue compression. It's oh yeah, another where he says it's a classic, and that's why the doctor uh, says I can do a classic too. Got it. So that must um, be something that the master has done before. Yeah, I read a little bit about that okay. i guess but I'm not I totally up on my stole bodies but that's weird yeah yeah that um well we still need to watch the we still need to watch the eighth doctor movie yeah 
because um, I've watched it, but I know you haven't watched it, and I know it's not. I we were we were talking about doing a review, and it's nowhere. It's not available anywhere. You can't buy yeah. it. You can't you can't stream it. You can only watch it like illegally on YouTube right now. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody has like a bootlegged that's really bad on YouTube. So, but at some point, we'll that would be fun for you to watch that because the master. The master is in that, but in like a really different way than we're used to seeing him and kind of weird stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious for you to watch. Um, and plus Paul McGann, like, you know, he was so cool yeah. in that little short. Absolutely. And so you get to see him kind of for a, a full movie. So huh. I have to check it out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's it. 